Hi guys, welcome to the Try New Frequency with Amber podcast. My name is Amber Chanel. We'll be discussing topics and music videos to help others see life in a different way and to provide a map to the right frequency in your life. Now let's begin. Welcome back everyone. I am super excited today. I have Lauren Ivy joining me and really excited to find out more about what she offers. So Lauren Ivy, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thank you. We're excited to have you. First off, I would like you to tell me a little bit about yourself and your business open to alchemy. Yeah. So I am Lauren. I live in Atlanta, Georgia with my family, my two kids, my husband, my pup. And my business is open to alchemy, which is all about making spirituality more accessible. I have been a seeker my entire life and always felt like weird things happening and connected and not really felt the support. I've always felt like a little bit different. And so as I've gotten older and as I've really come into myself as a spiritual being, I just really feel called to be able to allow other people to access all of these incredible modalities, these different tools for awakening and authenticity and self-discovery. And so I do that through human design, which is one of my main modalities that I love. And I know we're going to talk about that. I do that through intuition and intuitive healing. I do that through Reiki. I've done compassion training and I have this incredible marketing and advertising background. So I'm sort of this mix of all these different things and continuing to grow and explore. And as I do, I love sharing with my community, my friends, my, my groups, different things that I'm learning along the way. You definitely keep yourself busy. Yeah, <laughs> that is for sure. For sure. Which is great. I am kind of a busybody there too. The big thing that stood out to me right away on your website. And when we initially connected was about the human design. And I, that is something I know nothing about. And so I think the listeners for my podcast are going to be really intrigued as well as myself to know more about the human design. And because how did you figure out this was an area you wanted to dive into? And then if you kind of want to go into what it is, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. So human design is called the science of differentiation. And it's based on this principle, combining a few different ancient wisdoms with more modern science. So there is an element of astrology, there's an element of the I Ching, there's the chakra system, and there's also the Kabbalah and the tree of life. It's these four ancient wisdoms that were synthesized and put together with quantum physics and the science of energy and conditioning. And the real principles behind it are that we are uniquely created at the time of birth and three months prior to birth we were imprinted with this very specific, unique manual or blueprint for living our most aligned life. And so a lot of what it is, is really knowing who you are at a core level, on an energetic level, knowing that so much of what we've been taught 
is accurate for some people, but not for all people. So it's really in unlearning so much of what we've been taught about our energy and, and success and how we're meant to be in the world and make decisions and, and exchanging energy with others and community and relationships. It's really peeling that all away and finding out what is true, what is right for you in a playful exploratory sense. And so my energy type, there's five different energy types is what's called a manifesting generator. And so for me, I do very much have this constant sense of self-renewing energy. And I also have a very non-linear path. So I have been, I call it the multi-passionate hummingbird where it's, I love this and I love this and I want to do this. And my conditioning that I took on was that I'm flaky and I'm non-committal. And it's like, oh gosh, she has another thing she loves. Why can't she just stick with something? And so I was listening to a podcast a few years ago and somebody was on and they were talking about human design, which I had never heard of. And they started to describe the manifesting generator energy type. And I had one of those full body truth tingles. I'm having them now moments where I really felt seen and validated for the first time. And even though I had been living in alignment in the sense that I was pivoting, I was changing, I was sort of going and following what I loved. I had so much self doubt and just sort of negative feelings about it because I hadn't seen that modeled. I hadn't heard that validated anywhere. And so being able to know that there was nothing wrong with me, that was just how I was designed, was so eye-opening, so just soul-satisfying that I, of course, did an immediate deep dive, which is what man-gens do. So I read the books, I did a training, I started practicing readings, and now here I am a few years later just loving it, incorporating it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really been an incredible modality for me to just understand myself better, love and accept myself better. Do you know how exciting it is for me to hear this? And I can sense a passion in your voice and your energy with describing it. I definitely am going to need to set up time with you to do my own, uh, to figure out my own blueprint and my energy style. I think I have an idea, but I'm really intrigued to know more. And one thing that stood out to me that you just mentioned, and the reason I'm referencing this is because I talk about it quite often and I'm wondering what your input is on this. So I talk about being on the nonlinear path. I used to follow black and white train of thought, one foot in front of the other. There was no looking anywhere but forward or backwards. And that's all you can do. And with my Try New Frequency business, I do custom abstract frequency painting. People will be like, what is that? I go, it's a nonlinear. You'll see in all my paintings, like it's kind of whatever happens, happens. And I've gotten off on these different tangents. Even in my podcast, I never follow a set theme. It'll always be nonlinear. So what does the word nonlinear mean to you, Lauren? Yeah. So first of all, I love that. And that sounds fascinating. And I would love to do a design, um, a design reading for you, of course. So nonlinear means that you 
sort of have this way of really just following what you love and what lights you up, not necessarily following, okay, first I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this in this very logical, um, structured way. And for a lot of us, we haven't seen that modeled. We haven't seen that that's a way that you can find success, joy, happiness, fulfillment, you know, depending on how old you are, a lot of the previous generations were much more structured, much more you find something that you love and you work hard at it every day. And a lot of people didn't have career changes. A lot of people didn't have multiple revenue streams and all these different passions and things that they were interested in. And so for us, depending on your design, you will either have a more structured way. And it doesn't mean that you can't pivot or change course, but it's just really tuning into what it is that lights you up, what it is that gives you this just complete full body. Hell yes. I've got to follow this. I've got to dig into this. Maybe I read about it for a week, a day, a month, who knows where it's going to go, but I'm not going to let this idea of somebody else's version of life dictate how I am going to lead my life. And so it's really just honing in on what you're passionate about, what you're interested in. Those are the little pings that are, you know, the breadcrumbs that they talk about that help guide your path. And for people that are manifesting generators, it is more typical that you're going to go from A to G to Q back around to C, you know, you're not going to go through the alphabet in a more traditional sense. And it's not that one is right or one is wrong. It's just what feels right and good to you. I had a question I was going to ask you later, but I think you led into something I want to ask you now, and then we'll go back into some of the human design questions. There are so many with you just discussing the nonlinear style, which I love your concept of it. Uh, with an old school mindset that are in the older generation. How do you feel people our age and younger generations can communicate and relate to older generations to have a mutual understanding of this human experience? That's such a good question. And I was just talking to somebody about this. I have a podcast and I had interviewed a friend of mine who does a lot of past life work. And we were talking about generational trauma and so this idea that each generation sort of takes on and then puts on the, their kids, <laughs> whatever was going on in their lifetime. And so I think one thing is to first be aware that we all have stuff, right? We all have stuff that our parents have put on us. Even with the best of intentions, we're all going to put stuff on our own children. It's just the human experience. So not looking at it with blame or shame and really just approaching it from a place of empathy and compassion and understanding and trying to find the middle ground and the places where even though our unique experiences may be different, like you think about all of the children, you know, I have two, two kids, what they are going to potentially take on from this past year and a half of, of pandemic living and how that is going to shape them. Obviously, that's different than somebody who grew up in, you know, World War II or through Vietnam or something else. But the trauma and the experience of feeling unsafe is the same. And so it's looking for those places where you can find commonality and common humanity and know that at the core of everybody, 
we just want to be happy. We just want to be healthy. We just want to be safe. We want to be loved. And I think one of the other reasons I love human design is because it it shows you things from, even though it's very personal, what you realize is that people aren't doing something to you. They're just being who they are. And yes, that might cause a definite reaction in you, but it's because of the way your energies exchange. It's not like you don't have to take it as that you're being attacked or you're being hurt or you're being targeted. It's that this is the way that this person is designed and this is the way that you are designed and the way you exchange energy just make make you feel a certain way. And that's okay. You don't have to be friends and, you know, in love with everybody, but it's an opportunity to take it less personally and empower you more. The generational trauma, I can totally see that carrying over. I've experienced that firsthand in my own family cycle of certain things, which I've been able to stop it. And that's so important. And I think people just honing in and accepting, we all have our baggage. At some point we should let the baggage go. If we want to move forward, we can have a little bit nicer life by by letting the old baggage go. So thanks for sharing that. So I want to get back to the human design, Lauren. Can human design help you be a better parent or partner? Oh, definitely. So in human design, there are the five different energy types, which is, again, really the essence of energy, the essence of who you are from an energetic standpoint. And so there are some types that are more naturally energized, I would say, and it doesn't mean that everybody doesn't have energy, but there are some energy types that definitely are here, are designed to require more rest, more downtime, more self-care. And so just at the basic level, knowing the different energy types in your house, in your love relationships and your family relationships can make a huge difference because if you are a type that can go, go, go all day long and not have that kind of need for rest in the same way that your partner or your kid does, that's just like game changing to understand and, and to be able to instill in your children this is who you are and you have every right and really responsibility to take care of yourself. And you really are able to help your children create a language for expressing what it is that they need. And then, so that's just energy type, which is one big, but just one layer of human design. But even looking at the different energy centers, so in human design, there's nine centers versus the traditional seven centers. So each of these energy centers are where we are either here to give and sort of be impactful in our energy or receive and be a little bit more subject to external conditioning. So understanding how those work together in a familial sense is incredible. Knowing that some people are here to make gut decisions and really hone in on that, while other people are absolutely designed to take more time, that some people have an emotional wave that's always going through them. Some people have an open fear center, so they're naturally gonna be a little bit more cling to a parent authority or hold on to a relationship past their prime while other people really need to speak about something in order to make a decision. Some people are really sensitive to their environment. There are so many things that can just help you understand yourself on a deeper, more intimate level. And it's so that you can know, love and trust yourself more and then also be able to share that with the people around you. And it's so funny that 
we can know a lot about ourselves and not really have the words to describe it. And so I love that human design gives you this language, this toolbox for expressing yourself. And it can, and it's very black and white. It's sort of, you get this chart and it's like, see, this is why I need to take time to make decisions. And for a lot of people, that's all the validation that they need to empower them. So cool that it can help the whole family there. I, I'm never a negative Nancy, but I do have to ask this because I'm intrigued. So, you know, there are people out there that are complete energy soul suckers. Like they take everything out of you. They take everything out of a room. And I think everybody can remember at some point, either someone in their family or a work experience, maybe someone currently they work with that just sucks all the energy out of the group. Is there a particular energy style for the human design with that? So that breaks up a few things. So first of all, it could be that they are designed where they have every center defined, which means that they really are here to give impact and they are not really here to take in other people's energies. So they might just be overall less conscious of the way that other people are receiving them, if that makes sense. There's also energy types that are very open. And when that happens, if you're not really tuned in or aware of it, you can be so chameleon-like that you can almost turn into whoever you are around. And so in that sense, people can be putting out energy that really isn't authentic and really isn't aligned for them just because they don't feel good in their own skin. And that's just the way that it's manifesting itself. It also could be just the way, again, that you guys are interacting with each other. And I definitely have been in experiences with that. And so then what I always go back to is what is the lesson for this in me? why is this showing up for me? And most likely it's that I can understand, (laughs) I can practice my compassion. (laughs) I can practice extending my empathy and also to know that what somebody else's, I don't have to take on myself. I can see it. I can witness it. I can observe it. I can say, oh gosh, this is not somehow that I want to behave and I want to act. And then when I get back into my own space, I can practice clearing that and and washing that away and coming back into my own skin. I'm glad you mentioned compassion. That's something I think everyone can always work on building is compassion. And it's funny that you go into answering my questions a lot of times before I ask them, which is perfect. That's ideal. But the next question is just about something you kind of talked about. How do you or what advice I should say, do you give to others to help change energy? Hmm. So to ask, tell me that more change energy in what way, if you're feeling in a way that you're unhappy about, what what do you mean? So changing energy for me would be, say you were around someone like that, that took all the energy out. At the end of the day, I know for me, I use crystal healing and I use sage. If anyone comes into my home, you know, that just takes away or changes the energy to something I don't like. So kind of to a feeling of something you don't like, or that's different than what you want to experience. Ah, yes. I love, I love the sage. I love the crystals. I have this like Florida water that I've been using, which is really very clearing. And again, I think it goes back to, first of all, being aware for so many of us, we have lived so many years just feeling 
crappy or uncomfortable or, and not really understanding where that came from, not understanding, wow, every time I'm with this person, I end up feeling like this. And then again, depending on how you were raised, not really feeling empowered to say, I I don't want to spend time with this person. This person doesn't make me feel good. And so I think the awareness behind it is key and just allowing yourself to identify that experience. And then also know that it's, it's transient. It's, you know, like the whole cloud in the sky analogy that this is a feeling you're having. You don't have to become that feeling. You don't have to over identify with this, just this sense that you're uncomfortable or you are not in control of yourself and just sort of experiencing it and then letting it go away. As soon as you're able to identify something and name it, it loses a little bit of its power over us, right? It's like, it's for some way, it's just easier to flow through it. It's easier for us to release it. And so that's one thing. And then I would also just say, definitely using all the different tools. And I know some people love are super visual and love to visualize whether it be a crystal or a golden light or a bubble of protection around themselves. I often will take crystals with me when I'm going out into like a high energy place, just, you know, popping up a grounding one for me is really good. And then maybe a cleansing one, or if there's a specific thing that I know I'm going to deal with, like maybe I really need to make sure I keep my throat chakra <laughs> active or what, or my rose quartz or something else and really honing in on what it is that you feel uncomfortable or sensitive about, and then, you know, packing that support with you for sure. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I want to throw that out. That's something I'm not really explained to uh, my listeners about carrying the crystals. I talk about it, but I, in each purse that I carry, I have some in there. So I don't forget. I have some in my car. My nieces though are in love with it. So I think getting kids utilizing the crystals and whatnot and teaching them early will just benefit them in the long run. Oh, definitely. Yeah. My kids love the crystals. Every time we go visiting a new town, we always end up in like the metaphysical shop and, and they get to pick out a new crystal. And I would say also just a general meditation and grounding practice, I think just helps you create a better, stronger foundation and baseline for dealing with these shifts in energy. So it's not that you're not going to be impacted. It's not that you're not going to be affected by outside people, events, things like that, but it's that you have a better, faster way to come back to your home base. Perfect. The next question I'm going to ask for the sake of the listeners today, what does an appointment look like for your clients, especially for those that may be nervous about trying something new? Oh, yeah. So um, hopefully people will know know by hearing me, I'm not scary. <laughs> it's super, it's super fun and, and exciting and just an opportunity to learn more about yourself. I do pull in intuitive stuff. I do pull in Reiki and do some energy clearing. Every appointment is different. So I really do tap in and tune into whatever um, I'm being guided to help a person with. 
but it is based on your birth date, time, and location because there's that astrological component. So I get that information, I plug it in, I pull up a chart, I do a little report for the person, and then we just sort of go from there. We talk about your energy type, your strategy, which is how you're meant to engage in the world, your authority, your inner authority, which is how you're meant to make decisions. We talk about those nine energy centers. We can talk about your natural gifts and traits and talents. We can talk about career, relationship, your purpose. There's so many different avenues that it can go in. And it's about 60 to 75 minutes for an intro reading. And it really does give people so often I hear they feel seen, they feel validated, they feel like they've been given a sense of um, approval or permission to be themselves for the first time. It undoubtedly people are like, how do you know that about me? Like, (laughs) it is usually extremely accurate. And I would say if you're not resonating with everything, that's completely okay. It could just be that there's a period of time that needs to transpire before things sort of permeate and you have an opportunity to integrate them more. I love it because to me, so much of my work and my my branding is in this woo and work combination. And that's really what human design does. It combines a very practical, almost scientific way of looking at things with a very spiritual, woo, ethereal, cosmic lens. So it's this beautiful match for me. We are right on the same page. You already answered the first half to this question. The next (laughs) one was going to be, how does the term woo-woo, what does it mean to you? How do you dispel the woo-woo with your work? Because I know what I kind of tell people, but it's different from a mediumship perspective to what you do, I believe. Uh, So how do you dispel it? So I don't know if it's something that I dispel. I have come to find in my experience that everybody is on their own part of the path. And so as much as I have tried for most of my marriage to get my husband to, you know, completely agree and understand and and jive with everything that I love spiritually he is going to find it on his own or not. And that's okay. And a lot of my lesson and growth and karma in this lifetime is to step into my own power, is to not look outside for approval, to really just connect inward and feel that grounding, that support, that expansion without needing other people to even see it in me necessarily. So I would say that. And I would say that some people are definitely super connected to the woo and they don't want any of the, <laughs> the other stuff. And other people are the opposite. They are very grounded, very practical, logical, and the woo is a little bit harder for them to access. And so I just really try to meet people where they are. And, and more than anything, I just want to be who I am. And I have spent a lot of my life shrinking, making myself small, not wanting to be different, wanting to fit into this nice little package of not too loud, not too smart, not too pretty, not too this, not too anything, because 
I didn't want the attention. I didn't want people to look at me. I didn't want people to criticize me. I didn't want people to praise me. I just almost wanted to be invisible. And so I have let all of that go, still a work in progress, but have literally are giving less Fs than I've ever given before about what other people think about me and just, this is who I am. And if you don't get it and you listen to something I have to say, and I'm talking about spirit guides and fairies and plant magic, and it's not for you, it's not for you. I'm not going to diminish myself and, and shrink my light anymore to fit into somebody else's ideal of what a wife, a mother, a female, a human should be anymore. Everything you said, I am very much aligned with the same page as you. And I couldn't have said it better myself. I've really had to hone in. So with you mentioning that personally, the psychic portion, mediumship, I can accept and handle and full on take, but the psychic part, I still get a little nervous because I don't want people thinking, you know, she's trying to tell my future. Then I had people bring up, Hey, can you tell me the future? Can you give me the lotto numbers? I'm like, absolutely not. I don't do that. So I really appreciate what you're saying about accepting who you are, where you're at with the woo woo process, because that can be the hardest part is worrying what others are thinking. Honestly, Lauren. Oh yeah, definitely. And I would say that it's a constant evolution. It's really been even in the past two years that I would say that I have felt more comfortable vocalizing who I am, what I believe. And that's always changing. I, two years ago, I never would have talked about spirit guides or even, you know, talking to this person or, or seeing that thing for fear of being judged for fear of people looking at me like I was crazy. And I feel so blessed that we are awakening. I'm awakening in a time that it is more accessible, that there is more community, that it feels like there is so much more support for this. You know, when you think back in history about all of the people, mostly women who have suffered because they were witches or medicine workers or all these different things. And now, yes, there's a percentage of the population that looks at us like we have four heads, but there's also a nice growing population of people that are like, oh my God, you're a medium. Tell me everything. You do energy work. What does that mean? Like are curious and, and developing their own gifts. And so it's super exciting too. I see it more and more. When I was a kid, I don't think I honed in on my gifts because I was from a small town. Nobody talked about it. I didn't have my mom around when I was growing up. So it was one of those things. I have a relationship awesome with her now, but I was raised by my dad and we didn't talk about that stuff. So I really suppressed that portion of myself. And I'm so glad I've really accepted, but I will tell you now the amount of people, I feel like there's almost more in the spiritual realm that are looking for this, that I didn't even know it existed. So it's wonderful for us. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's like, how was I just completely not awake to it? 
And now I've just curated this bubble where this is all we talk about, or are there just so many more people and people are feeling more comfortable? And that's the other reason I'm so glad that you have come to this and have a podcast. I feel like that was one of the reasons why I felt called to do it is to be a platform for other people that are from towns or families that that they don't have anybody else to talk to. I was basically just having high vibe conversations conscious conversations with people and inevitably every time at the end it would be like why didn't I record that maybe somebody could listen learn grow experience something from this conversation and that's exactly why I got started in that genre so I'm so happy that you also have felt called to share your voice with people because it's it's valuable and it's it's necessary and especially if you feel that whisper in your heart to share something and be a beacon for somebody else then i i just feel so blessed to be able to see other people's light well i appreciate that thank you for the that support and same with you i mean it's wonderful that was going to be something i wanted to ask you about i have my focus area on obviously discussing the out of the box thinking uh nonlinear fashion and music videos. So that kind of sets me apart, the whole music video concept. What on your podcast do you feel sets your podcast apart? So my podcast is interviewing women. I don't know if it's always going to be all women, but so far it's been all women and I kind of like that. Um, And so it's all about spiritual journeys. It's always about different modalities. So I've had people on talking about Akashic records and intuition and Reiki and mindfulness and past life regression and coaching and product development and all kinds of different things. And it's also very much about soulpreneurship. So I love talking to people about business challenges and limiting beliefs and how they launched a business. My background is in marketing and advertising, like I said, and it's just something I'm naturally drawn to. So I love pulling in what it is to be a spiritual being and also have a business because I think that if you are called to do that, there's a lot of our work that is coming through our work, so to speak. So for me, that's a super fascinating topic to dive into. I'm excited to share the link to your podcast in the show notes. So please, everyone go check out her podcast as well. I've listened to a couple episodes. So I do know enough about it and excited to listen in more. I knew that we would talk and talk about a lot of the different uh, services that you offer because human design is just something I don't think enough people know about, but I did want the guests to get get to know a little bit more about you, Lauren, uh, especially if they're looking to want to partner and work with you. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions and then we'll go into the music video if that works. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. If you could turn back the time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her? Oh gosh, 18. I would say to not take everything so seriously. I think that I grew up and very much had this entrepreneurial worker spirit inside of me. I was the kid that, how can I make money at eight years old? Can I sell something? Can I clean the office? Can I wash the car? 
I could not wait to have a job. I could not wait to make my own money. I really just wanted to be independent. I wanted to prove myself. I felt such a drive. And I believe me, I went to University of Florida, which is a huge party school. And I was in a sorority and I definitely had the best time. I lived all that. But I think I always had this drive in the back of my head of career and getting ahead. And I would say that I would have traveled more during college and right after college. I would have had allowed myself to really tap into more of my sense of adventure and wanderlust. And also, to be completely honest, my dad passed away when I was 21. So if I we're talking to that 18 year old self, gosh, I would say to, to document a lot more of his life and to really be present in when, when in his presence, I'm an only child. He and I were so super duper close. I do not regret anything. We communicated, you know, at everything all the time. So it's not about that, but it's just about you know, I would have loved on him even more if that was possible. And I would have even more shared how valuable he was in my life. Thanks for sharing that. If you ever want a medium reading, you can always let me know too. Uh, he might come in. He's he, he, I'm curious to see what happens. Well, he already <laughs> did. That's the thing. That's why I mentioned that. He, yeah. he just said he's very proud of you and that was the initial and he said just mention it just mention it to her so yeah I feel so you know we just had father's day here and I was away and just walking in the city and I just saw two white feathers I always get feather messages from him so beautiful so supported so yeah I feel him all around me thank you for that then you knew he was going to come through right away. My next question, this will be a fun one. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh my gosh. It's so funny. As soon as you said, this is going to be a fun one. I just had a sense that it was going to be a question like this. It's, and I talked to me, my kids and I, we like always like ask about like, would you rather do this? Would you rather be able to teleport? Would you rather be able to see, you know, be invisible? So I feel like I have experience with this question, but I, hmm, I'd love to be able to fly. My whole life I have been, the butterfly has been such a draw for me. I remember being younger and just being obsessed with birds and just being able to see that vantage point, that viewpoint. And it's funny because in real life, I would never jump out of an airplane. Like I would never skydive. I don't love to be at like the top of a tall building, but I think the freedom of being able to fly and travel, oh, that would be incredible. Flying would be fun, but I'll tell you what, someone said to jump out of a plane, that is not happening in this human experience. (laughs) Right, oh my gosh. Who's been your biggest supporter and role model over the course of your career? I think that it's a challenging question for me because I don't know that I feel, I mean, my mother is, is loving and kind and supportive and she's been a great role model for me in so many ways. And my husband is also very supportive and loving of me. 
However, I wouldn't say, you know, he's very different from me. He's very practical and pragmatic and finance. And so we even just had a very big conversation literally yesterday where I had like a complete breakdown. So I don't, I, I almost feel like I've been the biggest supporter. Like I just keep pursuing. I keep trying to grow. I keep exploring. Momentum is a huge thing for me. And so I feel like I would not be where I am if not for me. And I don't want that to come across as though I don't have a loving, supportive network of friends and family, but I'm driven by myself. I'm driven by my desire, my soul, my purpose, my essence, whatever it is. I'm where I am because of me, because it has could have been very easy to just fall in line, be traditional, keep up with the Joneses, hook into the materialism, have a traditional job, whatever it is. Like I'm fighting against that every day. That is what I see surrounding me. I'm the one that's swimming upstream. Lauren, I do want your take on this with your out of the box thinking, which I love. What do you think the world will look like in five years? You know, it's such an interesting time to ask that question because we're coming out of this period. I know everybody is in a different state, in a different country. And so their experience at this moment as it relates to coming out of the pandemic might be different. So I really, I want to under, I want to say that I want, I know that I'm in a place of privilege where it feels like we are coming through the other side and things are open and people are out and about. And I feel like at some point during the pandemic, this was supposed to be such a period of growth. We were supposed to have this global shift, this we're not going to be hustling anymore. Families, what's important, priorities are shifting. And I have to tell you, from what I see, people have gone right back in to the hustle, right back into stacking their weekends with all the things. And so I'm so hopeful that this is just a reaction and the pendulum will come back towards more balance and more authenticity and that we won't lose all of the lessons and opportunities for personal growth in terms of perspective and priorities and individualization that we could have and should have gained over this past year and a half. So I'm hoping in five years that 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 has come back to people being more authentic, people doing what feels good to them, people stepping off the hamster wheel of striving for achievement and buying the things that they don't even care about, but it's just because that's what they're supposed to do and continued compassion for those around them, for understanding a perspective of wherever you are in life that you can have privilege and also understand deeply the plight of other people. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot in my life is this idea of polarity or duality where it doesn't have to be either or that we can hold these two often opposing views or ideas or sensibilities and, and come together 
from, from our own perspective. And so I'm hoping that it's less right and left and more, where are we all the same? I think we're very in line. That's the goal. I know I swayed one way years ago and have really honed in with the last year and a half on this new thought process. And I think there's a lot more than people are actually speaking out loud right now. I think we'll see it in the upcoming few years, people actually showing that change and seeing different people step out. And it's not going to be so much one way or the other. I do think we're going to find a happy medium. Mm, and hopefully hope so. the light keeps winning. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's the thing. I mean, there are so many blessings that have come out of this period of time. And so just being able to connect and access with deeper parts of ourselves and also be connected to these communities of light that we maybe would have never had the chance, the opportunity. I really feel positive that that is going to continue to grow. And also for all the new people that are being born, both as literally being born or those that are awakening that they will, will be able to stand firmly in their, in their roots of that. And I think with the light and so many people turning to the light, the energy shift's going to keep going positively. And I just got to go there with that mentality. It's going to happen. So yeah. as long as we're all thinking that way, it's going to happen. We're going to manifest it. Definitely. And that's the thing about the vibration that the more we can embody it for ourselves, it's not selfish to do work on yourself. It's not selfish to meditate, to go for a walk in nature, to pack your crystals, to do this, right? That helps you embody the best and highest version of yourself, which has an unknown ripple effect to those around us. And so for me as a mother, I think that is such a huge mindset shift of being able to embody that and be an example of what it looks like to love other people and also love myself and honor and take care of myself. And that, that lesson can grow across the board for everybody in every relationship. So true. Well, we're going to take it back, Lauren, back to July 3rd, 1988 now. <laughs> it's almost July 3rd, so this is unique. To a song, we're going to talk about Forever Young by Rod Stewart. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes, so feel free to pause this, watch the music video if you want, or go back and watch it later. What stood out to me most first was the lyrics in the song. Lauren, for some reason, the video itself didn't have as many, and I'll go back to one of my past uh, people that I had on, Madison, when she said Easter eggs. It didn't have all the Easter eggs to pick out of there, but it had huge significance with the lyrics. And obviously you can tell it has significance between a parent and a child. What stood out to you? What couple things stood out right away? Yeah, I totally agree. And we had talked about this, I think, before we got started. The lyrics are so powerful and they've always evoked so much emotion in me. And when I watched the video, I was like, oh, where, where's, all the, where's all the emotion? Where's all the drama? It was a very, I don't know. It was like a weird video. I totally agree. Um, I don't know if it was just um, a budgetary concern <laughs> or if it was, maybe it would be hard to create a video that 
would be as powerful as the lyrics. So maybe the, they just went in the complete opposite direction and were like, okay, we're just going to have the simple video of, you know, the young boy. I mean, there was a few parts where, the, where they had the clips of all the different people. Then I was like, oh, okay, now we're getting to see other people. And now we're getting to see like different snippets and slices of life. But the words on their own, I've just always felt so, it gives me such feeling, such, it's not, I guess it's like a melancholy. It's almost like you're romanticizing a time in your life. And for me with kids now, it certainly brings up a lot of emotion about them and about when I was young. Totally get it. Going back, the video itself was filmed in Hidden Valley in Ventura County in California. So it made me almost want to go check out if I go to California, like drive on that versus <laughs> paying attention to the video. But I know that there was kind of some, a riff between Bob Dylan's version and Rod Stewart. So I'm thinking maybe he didn't spend as much money on this music video because there was already that factor out there and he may have lost money if it, he couldn't showcase the video was kind of my thought. Oh, that's so interesting. I also wondered, and I didn't research, was that his kid? Like, I didn't know if that was because he was holding him and it was very, it was very sweet. He was being very paternal with him. And, but I, I wondered, first of all, of course, the mother and me was like, are they riding in the back of a truck with no seatbelt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the 80s, we just rode around with like nothing, like there was no protection. <laughs> Too funny. I remember being in the back of a few trucks in my day. I did do the research. It was not actually his son. And you could almost sense that they weren't actually, it was an actor. There wasn't that familiar connection, I felt. Definitely. Yeah. No, I was like, he's looking at him in a strange way. And there was one point where he sort of patted him, and I was like, that's a little. <laughs> Like I, obviously the mother Awkward. of the child was there watching what was happening, but yeah, it was a funny casting. The whole thing was weird. That's what I thought. And he did hold them though, the entire time. So that was unique. I think it was just about holding on through whatever life throws at you, but there was the tree, the landscape, the rural America is what I kind of took it as. And you saw motorcycles and farmers and ranchers and native Americans. So I think they were trying to show that my impression was that we're all one through this experience. I definitely picked up on that. I love that part where it was this common thread and we all start little, we all grow up, we all experience things, even though they're different, that there's so many places where we are the same, but it did feel like there was a sense of nostalgia maybe for a time that had passed where things were easier, simpler, very much connected to the land. And I mean, now looking at how many years later it is, I that video <laughs> feels so out of place. And also knowing that we're in the spiritual community feels really forward thinking. You know, I didn't even think about that. That's why I love discussing music videos, but you're right. It's looking at it now, which back then it would have seemed maybe more normal back then where I agree with you. It does seem like it was very forward thinking. And another area, I don't know if you noticed this, it took me three times before I recognized the car full of uh, female teenagers. 
not wearing seatbelts with the 25 mile per hour uh, road sign. And I don't know why I thought there was significance with that. Oh, interesting. Because it was a slower speed that they were supposed to be going. And they looked like they were having fun, but we don't know. They could have been just going 25 miles per hour. You know, when you look at it, because they were having fun standing up in the truck. But I thought right away, oh, wow, they're just being naughty and reckless. But really, who knows? They could have been just driving that speed limit, just being girls, you know, having a good time. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. I definitely did not um, pick up on that detail, but I do remember that part. And that brings you back to all the things that you did. And when you're in the moment, it's just so free and so fun. And then you look back at all the points in your life where things could have gone so very wrong. I just had this conversation with my husband yesterday because our daughter is going to be 12. And at some point in the not too distant future, we're going to have to have more of the talks about sex and drugs and alcohol and all those things. And how do we approach that? How do we, more than anything, I want the ki our kids to be able to come to us and feel safe and know. And of course, I also want them to be safe and protected. And oh, it's like, I think about all the things that I did that could have just gone way down the wrong path. It's like a little bit scary. I don't have kids for that reason. <laughs> That's my, my joke with it. You know, when they're little, it's so intense. It's so all consuming. I just want to keep them alive. Like you're just like, oh, I made it to the end of the day. I fed them. They, they got changed. They slept like, oh, I need a medal for like getting through this day because it's so hard physically all, you know, demanding. And then as they get older, so much of that subsides. They're independent. They go off. They can do their own thing. They can be these like little self-functioning mini adults. And then all the bigger problems come in. And then it's like, why was I stressed when all they did was sleep and eat and go to the bathroom all day. Now I'm having to figure out how to talk about these major things or, you know, my, my son fractured his knee and like dealing with that and recovering from that and not being able to play soccer or this one is mean. And this one said this, and you're like, that's talking about forever young. It's like, on the one hand, you obviously want them to grow and change and develop. And you crave, I craved being able to be my own person again. I craved being an identity that wasn't just mom because I had so completely just morphed into that as my only sense of identity. And so now I'm here and I've really cultivated and established this whole real person other than mom and all the issues of parenting are bigger and harder in many ways. I'll have to bring you back on here over the next year or two. Find um, <laughs> out how that know, talk went. <laughs> yeah, how the talk went so we can help the listeners. Uh, it made me think, though, this song, my niece and I, she's 11. We just recorded two nights ago was Just Like Fire by Pink. Watch the music video. It's going to be released. It's so cute. Her nice conversation, but she's going into those upcoming stages. But the music video has such significance, and Pink did a wonderful job. It's only five years old, but I thought about this and I talked to my niece. I'm like, for her, that is a long time ago. Yeah. 
for me, it's not very long. It doesn't feel like, but so that was a fun one, but I would check that out because maybe it'll give you some um, answers because she really went out there and it was a fun one. Oh, definitely. Oh, I'll have to look at, look at that. You, you will for sure. And the last thing that I really had in regards to the music video was being young, you know, is something we all unfortunately have to go through. Some people it's fortunate because they've always, they had a great experience, but a lot of us come in with the veil of forgetfulness and have to deal with our karmatic experiences and having those experiences in our youth, but then gaining the intellect, I guess, and knowledge and wisdom to hand down to future generations is kind of what I wrap my brain around to finalize it. Any final thoughts for you? Yeah, it's so interesting that you bring that up because I have struggled a bit in the past few years as I've awakened to really um, really have some judgment around myself and why did I choose to open up now when I've got kids and I can't really focus on this. You know, I see so many people in the 24 and they're living in Bali and they're awakening. And I think back like, oh my gosh, if I would have awakened at that time, what would the past 15 years of 20 years of my life been like? And then I just have a moment (laughs) and recognize there is a reason my soul chose to awaken now while I'm in the midst of motherhood, while I'm in the midst of being the age that I am, and what are the lessons for me in that? How can I use my experience, my growth to open the door to other people? And where I'm going with this is that you can only be where you are and where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be. So I think that there's a reason we come in and forget and then need to remember. It's hard to be this awake. As someone in my 40s, I can't even imagine what it's like, what it would be like to be awake and be a little person so open, seeing things, feeling things, not knowing what to do with it. Even though I clearly was that person, you forget. And then you have this opportunity to grow older, wiser, experience more things so that you can process it and in a better way with boundaries, with an understanding, with the wisdom to know that this too shall pass, or I can see the darkness, but I'm going to choose to fight it with light or whatever it is that everybody, you know, uniquely experiences in their awakening. And so, and also for me to be able to give this to my children, to, for them to say, I want to pull a card or I love this crystal, or I practice doing Reiki on my kids and clearing energy. And so I just have to look at the love and beauty that's coming from this experience and what I'm giving to them without putting it on them as something that they have to do and have to be. It's like, this is a new way of being. You can choose for yourself what feels good for you. I'm showing you a different window you can, you can make your own path. Absolutely. And that's the thing I've talked about before on past episodes. My niece is 11 and she has a good part of this figured out, but she also has me to talk to where like, I didn't have that growing up. And had I not opened up and awoke like I have, she wouldn't have had that either. So would she have suppressed it till she was way older? 
I'm in my thirties now and it's, I'm blessed, but I do sit there and think about it. Like you said, have that moment. I can't change that. It didn't happen sooner. I have right now in this moment, and I'm going to use the green lights that I'm given right now to make everything happen and not put up red, you know, stop signs. Mm, That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love that you shared that and that you can then give that gift to your niece. And that's such a beautiful message for everybody that the more authentic we are, the more we step into our truth, the more it shows other people that they can do the same in a safe, supportive manner. And so I love that you shared that example. Well, thanks. I think for forever young, that makes me think it doesn't have to just be a parent. So I want people to know, like if they do lose a parent or if something does happen, that they can turn to other family members, look at, you know, other people as well as outlets to grow and learn from. And hopefully people have that experience and the ability to connect with their parent or family member. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure for you in your, your work as a medium, I mean, you could share better than anybody that that relationship, that connection doesn't go away. That's something that I have learned. And I'm really just now dipping back into like when it comes to my dad, I think one of the reasons, and I shared with you earlier that I've been a little bit standoffish with mediumship is because I have this, mm, I don't want to say it's romanticized, but, but I have this idealized version of our 21 year relationship and it's a whole different ball game to continue a relationship with somebody now that I'm 20 years (laughs) removed from that. And I think I've been a little bit afraid of what would that relationship look like with him? How would that connection work? How would, would, would we connect on that same incredible, deep magnetic way that we did when I was younger? And it's been through understanding and, you know, learning from people like you that that relationship never went anywhere he was watching, he was witnessing, he was supporting me and championing me all the way. And now I can have a relationship where I just connect ever so slightly and briefly and just say something to him or feel his presence and, and know that he's there. And so I, I'm so grateful for, for you to be able to give that gift to people because it, it can be really scary and overwhelming and you feel like the end is the end, but it's just a transition, right? It's the beginning to something new. It mm. sucks. I tell people it sucks because you lose that physical, that give a hug, give a, you know, but if you listen, if you're open to listening and you ask and speak out loud to the vibration and ask the spirit guides and ask your loved ones for answer, you will get the answers. The synchronicities will show you just have to be present to see them. But it, I just absolutely love it because it's given so many people peace. I never let darkness come in. So at least for myself, nobody ever has to worry about dark coming through. It's going to be for the serving of the best part of the soul and the heart energy. I would be interested, you know, to communicate with you after, but I think people just really need to hone in and accept that they can still communicate to their loved ones. They don't have to come through me. Yes, I love it, um, but I have a day job. This is something that's my purpose, that when people come to me, I give them that great experience that I want them to have with their loved ones so they're not scared, so they're not nervous, which 
everyone's going to be a little bit. But once I meet with people, they're like, I can't wait to connect with you. I'm going to talk to X, Y, and Z person uh, because it's not scary. So I really appreciate the kind words you said. And I'm really excited to learn and work with you on the human design portion. And I've appreciated your approach to life, to this human experience and just sharing everything you have. And I will say, it's amazing that you're able to be a mom, wife, fur baby mom and taking on this whole spiritual side. And so many people are learning and growing from you and your experiences. So thank you for sharing and being the light out there that's needed right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I appreciate those kind words and old me would have pushed those words away, but, but evolving me is going to allow those to come in and allow that to be a fuel and to reinforce that it's okay to be seen and it's okay to share. And so thank you for that. Absolutely. And you will be shared. So we're going to be sharing all the links to your (laughs) website, to your uh, podcast, all in the show notes. And as always, thank you for being a part of my space here and everyone listening. Thank you. I would love to hear any comments, feedback. And I know that we both look forward to hopefully working with you all at some point. So stay well and God bless. If you've enjoyed spending time with me today, I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast. You'll find links in the show notes to items discussed during the podcast. Check out the Try New Frequency website for my top daily music video. I love hearing from all of you. Feel free to send me an email to trynewfrequency at gmail.com. I'm sending you all love and light until the next time. 